You're listening to Clock Shelves Entertainment, the only podcast network bringing you great times. Hey everyone, this is Future Paul coming at you. This episode that you're about to listen to was recorded quite some time ago. Do apologize for the delay, but I'm just letting you know that this episode is brought to you with limited interruptions today, brought to you by content club that is patreon.com slash clock shelves um and our new podcast series buffy verse and converse that's a show where myself and several frequent clock shelves collaborators get together to talk about buffy the vampire slayer the television series 25 years later that's right it's been 25 years since buffy the vampire slayer rolled into sunnydale and into our geeky hearts and we are going episode by episode uh going over the episode or i'm sorry going over the series and um the great thing about it is some people have watched the series some people haven't watched the series so we're We're getting all sorts of viewpoints from various ages, various levels of fandom, and everything in between. So make sure you go check that out. Available now. The first several episodes are available now. uninterrupted over at Content Club, coming to your favorite podcast feed anywhere you get podcasts. But for now, enjoy this episode brought to you with limited interruptions from Buffyverse and Converse on Content Club. This is a Clock Shelves Podcast Network production. Chat about this and that. Oh, yes, no stress. We keep coming back. JBC and all his friends from far and near. Maybe make you cry, maybe bring you some cheer. So many people with so much to say from pop culture to travel, weird news to QA. No topic is too small here on our show, Paul and All. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Paul and All. As always, I am your host, Paul Casey, and please forgive me before we get started too much. I'm feeling a little under the weather as we record this, so I'm trying not to strain my voice too much. Um, but I know that anything that I lack, my guest today will more than make up for. Go ahead and reintroduce yourself, sir. Hey, what's everybody? It's good to be here today. Paul's making excuses for me, so uh, I guess I'll be doing a lot of the heavy load carrying today it is the host mr e aka the electric tongue the ellsworth hamilton tallman i don't even remember all my akas or i don't even know what i'm going by anymore at this point on the on the show <clears throat> but you can call me mr e let's go it's me paul's here he sounds a little under the weather people don't judge him he's still bringing you great content so that you can be entertained on whatever day of the week you're listening to this Thank you for that. Uh, I do try. Um, I'm trying to get back into the swing of uh, doing these things. And one of those... uh, Oh, have you ever been in a sex swing? No, I have not. Okay, well, you know. You should try it. (laughs) Anyways, continue to go. Uh, uh, Anyway, um, so uh, I, I know... I, and I said this to you before we started recording a few hours ago when we were kind of texting about setting up this time. Um, 
So a few years ago, after I went through a major life event, I started sort of, um, I don't want to say backlogging when I would update certain information, but it used to be where um, on the show I would sort of just have information going on in my life or what have you, and I may wait like a week or two or whatever, but sometimes I would just put it out there. And I was doing multiple shows a week, and I was running myself ragged and, you know, all of these things. And then, and I've talked about it before, and I'm not going to go too much in depth on it, but it just, it happened. We all know about it by now. Um, I went through a very bad breakup. Paul and, had uh, his heart ripped out! Sorry, I Paul. Didn't, I didn't think anyone could make it more dramatic than I did, but I think you just accomplished that, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Um, no, I did. I had my, I had my heart broken. And, um, in addition to feeling all of the things that I was feeling at the time, uh, as odd as it may sound, just because pretty much I was consistently trying to make content between doing Paul and all, I was finishing up the final season of Lost with Friends. Um, we were not sure what was going to be happening with Wrestling Renegades and, so I was like, and I didn't want to just stop doing everything, but of course, you know, a lot of people knew what I was going through. Some people didn't, whatever. And I just remember saying to uh, Kevin, which is our mutual friend, he introduced you and I, and Jake, who I believe you're also friendly with. I know we've, the three of us have done episodes. I think you guys like follow each other. On oh, me, me and Jake now. have gotten friendly. Don't worry about that. All right. Um, but. They were two, those two, and Zach, who you're also friendly with. Um, we, you know, I, I'm good with three or four ways. <laughs> um, but uh, we, um, I was kind of talking it out with with those three. They were, um, those three were were like three of the main people that I was uh, kind of confiding a lot of stuff in. And there's some other people who've been on other shows, and uh, my best friend since high school. She's never been on any of the shows, um, but she you know there was like a group of like say five or six people that i was like you know talking to every day or every other day and confiding in but i remember um kevin and jake in particular and i said how am i going to talk about this on the show like how am i going to tell about the breakup and everything and i think i've talked about this before on paul and all and and i want to say it was jake said you do realize you don't have to put every aspect of your life out there right and that's when it kind of clicked for me because up until then, really, that's what I had done. Like, I didn't say, you know, I wasn't like doing the the Lonely Island song like I just had sex like every time. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't doing anything like that crazy. But like I went on, you know, I went on dates and I would talk about it on the podcast. And, you know, um, my ex and I. Uh, we went to New York and within a few days we talked about it on the podcast and, you know, we moved in together, a pot, you know, podcast about it and, and all of the, I got a new job. I podcasted with Jake about it and it was just how it was. And then that's when I started to sort of look for a lot of like other topics that I could cover to sort of deflect from what was going on with me and then at a certain point, I was like, you know what, I, I've been going through a lot of stuff and I kind of want to update people on on some of that. And so um, I did multi-part multi episodes uh, talking about when I went out to Detroit with uh, 
I went out to see Jake get married. Um, I did two episodes with him. I did an episode with his now wife about, you know, sort of his, um, which I was with him for the majority of, of the stuff, you know, leading up to the few days before and the day of, um, cause I was in the wedding and then I did like a whole episode with her where we sort of talked about everything from their, you know, from the, the bride's perspective and what was going on with them. And, you know, I have some other stories that uh, I want to tell coming up on future episodes, but there was one thing that kind of happened in between that experience of, of going out there and seeing them get married and then sort of the next batch of stories that have happened over the last few months. And as of this recording, it happened almost... Uh, we're just we're a few months shy of it being uh, a year ago and so I got my I finally got my driver's license in like April or May of 2021 um and then June I went out to see Jake get married and then July of 2021 actually the day after his birthday, I, that's one of the ways that I always remember it, I signed the papers buying my car. And like I said, I, I said to you that um, I, I don't necessarily tell a lot of, not that I don't tell a lot of my own stories anymore, but it's it's been quite some time since I just kind of sat and instead of being like, oh, Ellsworth, what's been going on with you? Oh, Jake, what's been going on with you? Or, hey, we went here. Let's talk about that. Or, oh, such and such. Let's catch up with you. It's I feel like it's been a little while since uh, we sort of caught up with some things going on with Paul. So um, but I also know that you, Ellsworth, kind of came into my life in was it 2020 or 2021? I think it was 2020, late Not, 2020, maybe? It was late. Um, it had to have been, it was, it was when I first got back to my, well, when I got to my dad's, because the first podcast I ever did with you, I was in my dad's house because I was upstairs in the hot ass room where the pool table was. I'll never forget that shit was so hot up there. I was fucking dying. Um, I think it was 2020. I really do. Um, I really do think it was prior to. Um, it had to have been, man, because I left. I drove to North Carolina right after Thanksgiving. The MCU is ever expanding. And if you didn't know, we have expanded an MCU and me, the podcast by Clock Shelves Entertainment, is now available on most of your major podcast platforms. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Uh, so if you aren't already following us, or maybe you have some friends who are getting back into the MCU, maybe doing a deep dive uh, into some of the then-Netflix shows like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, things like that, or maybe even they're catching up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Carter, or they're just going back and watching all of the movies. Uh, every single pocket of the MCU, of course, is uh, being covered on MCU and Me, so make sure to recommend that they check us out on their favorite podcast platform. 
uh, MCU and Me, available from Clockshelves Entertainment. That sounds. That I feel like that's right. So because... we so and we and we we recorded a lot once I first got here, but we were recording. We had done quite a. We had done probably all of Agents of Shield before I got up here. We buried that off in like twenty twenty. Yeah, it was twenty. We it was twenty twenty, without a doubt. Well, yeah, because that's what I was gonna say was, because you i think when we first started talking because i mean and we've talked about it on the on this show on paul and all and on uh, mcu and me as well where we met because your childhood friends with kevin obviously kevin and i have been friends for a few years now and i was starting agents of shield he said that you know he's like oh i have a friend who's never watched it i'm gonna get him to watch it whatever and then he couldn't make all of the recordings you and i kind of hit it off i mean very quickly and uh so then we just kept going. We were like, I was, you know, I, I was like, I don't want to stop talking about this. You were like, yeah, I'm down to keep going. So, you know, it was you and me instead of you, me and Kevin. And um, then, yeah, but I remember that, that you were, you were either just driving across the country or you had just driven across the country, like when we first got started. So yeah, you would have, you would have been in my life before I got my license. But I, I remember like off mic, we talked about way more in depth, but we talked about the stuff that I was, I just kind of went over about, you know, the breakup and moving on and trying to get, you know, things in my life in order, such as getting my license and things like that. So yeah, it would have been. And like I was late... a big advocate to push, get your license, get your license. Right, and and a lot of people were over the years. No, you I, should. It's good. That's the, like, I'm not just I'm not singling myself out. I'm just saying like, I'm glad I could come along in your life at that point where I was someone else that you needed in your life because you already had an abundance of people that had your back that were telling you what you needed, and here comes this guy that you hit it off with a complete stranger that you still never met face to face to this day, but are good friends with reassure you on some of these things, you know, back you up on these things, you know, tell you things that some of your oldest friends had all had been telling you. And like, I'm not trying to discredit them, man. Sometimes the people closest to us can fucking talk to us till we're blue in the face and we just don't hear it. It takes sometimes, you know, outside voices and it takes you know oh wow or maybe a person says one word differently or inflects a word differently or just presents the whole situation in a different context to where it just like seems to resonate i'm not again i'm not saying i like you took initiative in your life and you're where you at because you made the decisions yes you had a good support system and that helps and you were, and you were, you were a part of that. And that's, that's, and I'm proud that you like plowed, like, cause I know it's not easy to like, like you, you went over a bunch of hurdles to make this happen. You had to have people teach you how to drive, so to speak, or at least let you practice. You know, you, you had to ask a lot of favors. You had to do a lot of things that are very, you know, uh, humbling in a lot of ways, but it got you here, man. And it, look at where you're at. And it's awesome. I mean, now you can pick chicks up and shit. Uh, 
<laughs> yes, I, yes, I, and that's all I'm going to say. Yes, I can. Um, that's all at this moment. That's all I'm going to say. Maybe in a few months, there might be a, a PS to that note, but yes, I can. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no. And that's, that's the thing is like, I, I, so I, I don't remember. I think I talked about this a little bit with, with Jake in sort of catching up on things, um, you know, in the, in the build up to his wedding. But I, I know that in, oh goodness, it was like September or October, maybe even earlier than that, maybe like August or something of 2020. I, cause I had had my permit. So I don't, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily get too in depth with this, but basically what had happened was I got called out on something by my ex that motivated me to get my license. And then as you and I have talked about many times, it stopped being a middle finger to her and it definitely became something that I needed to do. And I, and you, I think you were in my life right when I was like making that kind of realization was this is no longer me saying neener, neener, look what I can do. And it was more, Hey, Paul, you need to do this for yourself. And, and that sort of self-realization of, of that. But I had, I finally got my permit and then, you know, a lot of things shut down because of COVID and whatnot. And so obviously, even though there were less people out driving, there was less people who were like willing to just be like, oh yeah, let's, you know, let's spend gas when we're not necessarily getting in a whole lot of money just because work has been shut down for a lot of people and stuff, but let's go to where Paul is. And I mean, not that a lot of people live that far away, but it's still just that extra thing of gas when, like I said, when you're not necessarily making money consistently, whatever, and then quote unquote waste more gas just so that he could learn to drive or whatever. So then I had been hearing for years from friends of mine and then parent friends of mine who like their kids were, you know, starting to become of driving age about, you know, some of the, there's like two or three driving schools around the area. And so, um, I called one of them and I couldn't, like, I didn't get an answer for a little while, whatever. And then I call, I finally got through because I've been checking out their website, whatever. And then I got, um, it was actually the father of the guy who owns it. He works for him. He works for his son, whatever. And I got him on the phone and he was kind of telling me about their, you know, the different programs they offer and this and that. And like I said, that was sometime in, in the fall of 2020 and I paid the money and then I didn't hear anything for like months. And at first I was like, okay, uh, you know, cause they said they were like, well, we're backlogged a lot right now. And that was, like I said, like things were like opening up, but there was a lot of like in this area, like a lot of schools were still like, they weren't doing half and half school. You know, they were just doing uh, straight cyber school every day. Then a few months after that or whatever, it was, you know, every other day kids were going to school and then they would be on, you know, cyber school, whatever. But, um, it was, I, I was still like, okay, so I get it. They're backlogged and things are just finally starting to open back up. And then it was Thanksgiving and then it was Christmas and whatever. And then like mid January, I'm like, okay, I still haven't heard anything. 
And so then, like, I called them and they were like, yes, we have not forgotten about you. You know, we were backlogged. We're finally just starting to get around to things. Um, If you don't hear from us in about, you know, a month or so, call us back, whatever. But we, you know, you are still on our list and what have you. And I was like, okay, cool. And so then, you know, in a few, not even like two or three weeks or whatever, I heard from them and they were like, hey, we want to figure this out. And basically with them, with the driving, with that particular driving school, they, if you don't have a way to get to them, they would also come and pick you up and drop you off. And they have a, a thing worked out with PennDOT, the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation, where they can provide you your license. So like, unlike other, even other driving schools in the area where you take all of your classes and then you still have to go to the DMV to actually take your test, one of your last, like you pay, well, I paid for three lessons and the test, but that was a fourth trip there. But I got to take my test right through them. So basically, and my very last class was just, okay, you've learned all of the basics and now we're going to have you for two hours, we're going to have you do everything that is your test. So basically they have like a little area on in like the side kind of parking lot where they're at, where you parallel park. And then they say, okay, now pull out of here. Now we're going to go on the road and you basically go, it's a square around the like there's, you know, a bunch of like shopping centers yeah. and stuff. And so it was basically that it was now drive this, this square, you know, make a left at this light at this road up here, make another left over here at the stop sign, make another left. You're coming up to another light, make a left. Then you pull back into the driving center parking lot. Then you parallel park. Then you right. go out and you do that again. And that was two hours of just that over and over again. And so I was like, all right, I'm great. I'm confident. And of course they also told me, you know, whatever you have to do, beg, borrow, plead anyone to let you drive in your off time. They're like, think of it like learning anything else. If you're going to like learn a musical instrument, you would practice in your off time, right? Like anything that you like to do, you're, yeah. you're doing whatever and you're practicing it sometime, you know, somehow in your off time. Well, it was hard enough getting someone to teach me. But then one of the guys that I became really good friends with at my job that I had at the time, he was like, you know what? He's like, I trust you. He's he has a uh, he had a pickup truck. Well, he has a pickup truck still, but he had a pickup truck, and he's just like, I'm gonna let you drive just around the parking lot at work, and then he's like, once I see that you're comfortable with that, then one of these days, you know, like I'll, because he would he would take me home if we would work together, whatever. Right. He'd be like, I'll let you drive home. So if you haven't already. Uh, Go check out on Content Club, one of the bonus episodes we have once a month is a show called Two of Us. It features myself and my father uh, going through some different things in Beatles history. Uh, I know that that may not sound like fun to some people. You may not be a Beatles fan, or maybe you're just a casual fan or what have you, but we're making some interesting discoveries along the way. Cause one of the things that we uh, have with that show is I provide a lot of research and things like that. And my dad, who was alive for a lot of it, but kind of caught up later because it was happening when he was, you know, incredibly young. Uh, but he is one of the biggest Beatles 
fans I know, one of the biggest Beatles fans you'll probably ever meet if you get the chance to meet him, of course. But we kind of provide, it's it's almost like a sports commentary sort of deal where I provide some play-by-play and he provides the color, meaning he can provide some context and some things because he's read various uh, books, he's seen various interviews, and heard various interviews and all of these things, and he has such a vast knowledge of all things Beatle-related, and we're covering some topics that aren't necessarily the major topics when it comes to the Beatles. So if you might be interested, go check it out. It's available on Content Club right now, patreon.com slash clock shelves and it is called two of us and it's us going through the long and winding road of the beatles and then of course he really started to like that because then because he never gets driven around because he's always the guy driving you know whether it be him himself or whatever so he was like he's like this is great (laughs) nothing to get better man i used to get driven everywhere there ain't nothing better than that shit bro well, he was like, this is great. He's like, I never, he goes, I drive past a lot of these places all the time. And I never realized like, oh my gosh, they tore that building down or like, oh wow, I get to actually look at my phone for 20 minutes or whatever. You know, he's like, and then he we would jokingly, you know, talk about the fact that he was chauffeur or I would chauffeur him around, you know, for the 20 minutes or whatever that it was from work back to, to my place. Um, so he was very helpful in that. And then, um, then I got my license again. I took the test, whatever. And that was kind of, I don't want to say it was nerve wracking, but like, you're like, I I was nervous. Like I knew everything that I needed to do, but I was still nervous about everything, you know? And so I did all the stuff, the, the, you know, cause it was the owner of the driving school that actually took me out. And then he's at the very end, he's like, okay, park here. And we parked right back where he, you know, we, we got into the car right outside the place. And he's like, are you nervous? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you shouldn't be. You passed. Great job. And I was like, yes. <laughs> you know, and uh, my cousin had taken me. It was her and her girlfriend. And so, like, I got out of the, He's like, you know, I got to go do some. Uh, my, the driver was like, I got to do go do some paperwork, whatever. He's like, but meet me inside in just a minute. You know, have your moment to celebrate, whatever. So I got out of the car and I like, you know, sh- shook my fists in celebration, whatever. And my cousin was like, yeah. And then I went in, filled out, you know, paperwork, whatever. Um, they took my picture, you know, cause they're every, you know, of course, every success they have, they want to like show it off and whatever. And so then, like I said, that was like April or May. Uh, I think it was April. Um, and then I didn't have anything. I would still like drive my buddy's truck once in a while, like when we would work together and stuff and I was saving up money for a car and I knew, okay, I could, I have enough to put like a down payment, but I didn't have enough to like buy anything outright that wasn't going to be like super old, need a lot of work, whatever. And then I was out with a female friend of mine from work who was like my sister, even though everyone thought she's not like, but everyone thought like we were dating, like, because we would like, if, if, and I understood it, like anyone looking on the outside in would be like, oh my gosh, like you two, like you, you seemingly flirt so much. Like there's something clearly here, but it was more just like, no, she's like my sister sort of deal. And like, we would, you know, <laughs> that doesn't sound good. You what? Just, well, you just described that you flirt a lot, but she was more like your sister. Well, in today's day and age, with some of the things I see on some of those websites, apparently that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. 
<laughs> what are you doing? No. Um, but uh, are you stuck under the table here? I can't believe you got stuck under the table. How did you get into that washing machine? <laughs> um, oh but, man. <laughs> But no, so we were we were just out driving the one day, and we were like, oh, you know, because we were going to. I don't remember what we were doing. We we're just like out for a drive or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, she I was. Bet you were. Yeah, uh, and uh, she was just like, oh, there's a car lot. Like, why don't we go check there? Do you want to? And I'm just like, I don't care. And she's like, okay, we're going. And so we did. And you know, of course, you pull onto the lot, and boom! Immediately, the car salesman comes out and he starts talking to you, whatever. And I looked at him, and I'm not a person when it comes to things like that, I don't like a lot of like salesman gimmicks and things. You know what I mean? Like I don't, and I'm, and I, I work in retail. So like I am a salesman and I don't like lying to people. You know, if I don't know something, I'm going to tell them, you know what? I actually don't know that I can find, I can see if someone else knows, you know, or whatever, but I don't like, and, you know, there's always that stigma of car salesmen and whatever. I don't I don't like any of that stuff. So, like, I just told them flat out, I'm like, this is what I need. This is roughly how much I have. Can you work with me with this? And he was like, this one, that one, and that one over there are within the budget that you just told me. I'm like, okay, great. That makes things a lot easier. What can you tell me about these three, whatever? And so then it took a few times of, like, me test driving it and then my cousin who's been working on cars since as far back as I can remember so I had him come and look at it and he was like everything looks good to me and then um I ended up getting you know obviously I had to like get a loan through a bank and whatever so I ended up getting the car and whatnot and it took like three or four times before I was finally able to sign the papers and literally drive the day that I signed the papers I had work that day and I drove off the lot in the car like they had it they had it gassed up they had it ready to go like they had the plates on it like everything and I was like super nervous like I I signed everything and then I was like can I use your bathroom because like I really really had to pee because I was just really nervous And then they were like, yeah, you know, whatever. And then I went and they were like, okay, here's the keys. You're all ready to go. You know, like we're, we're going to send you whatever in the mail, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, great. Thank you. And I got in the car and I start up the car and I realize this is my first time ever driving by myself. Hell yeah. You put, as you pulled the car (laughs) off the lot, as I pulled the car off the lot, I realized that that was the first ever time that I was driving by myself. Cause any other time I was in someone else's vehicle, whether it be the guy from work, my great aunt was, was the one taking me to most of my driving lessons. So we, she wouldn't like, she wasn't necessarily comfortable with me driving on the highway at that point. So she was like, we would get off the highway back like into town. And so then she would pull over into a, you know, like a gas station or whatever. She would be like, okay, now let's switch. And then I would like drive home the rest of the way there. You know what I mean? (laughs) But like, and I get that, but like, I get that, you know what I mean? No, no, no. I just love to hear the story, Paul, because like it's heartwarming, but at the same time it's, you know, it's funny because I remember doing this stuff at, yeah. at 15 years old. <laughs> right. And yes, I got, I got away and, and actually for the, for the driving school, like I told them sort of 
when when like he was taking my picture and you know asking because i you know he said something about like you know start because i had told them a few times about like starting late and they said they're like we have people we have like you know grandparents come in and they you know they're you know grandpa passed away a few years ago and you know nobody can take grandma to her stuff anymore so she needs to finally get her license so they said like we've worked with people of all ages and whatever and so like i told him and you know he asked me and i ended up doing it but he said he's like you know if you wouldn't mind like leaving us like a review on google and maybe telling a little bit of your story because you have such a unique thing about starting a little later in life Hey everyone, it's James, recurring guest on Paul and All. Just taking the time out here to let you know about a special bonus episode of Paul and All available right now on Content Club. In it, Paul and I discuss a failed pilot, How I Met Your Dad. We were prepared for How I Met Your Father. Yes, there are two different shows. This episode will never be released in the main feed, so go check it out right now at Content Club, only at patreon.com forward slash clock Thank you. I was like, yeah, absolutely. And so I ended up doing that. Like I left a review on there, like a Google review for them talking about how, you know, like they were incredibly easy to work with. They never made me feel like intimidated about anything like, you know, and they didn't they didn't make it feel like. Like learning, if that makes sense. And I think those are some of the best teachers is like when they don't make it feel like learning. I will tell you a really funny story, though, and I don't remember if I told this story previously on the podcast, but. Um, so the first, the very first lesson, um, they, they have you in the parking lot of the, of like where the driving school is and they're like, okay, get used to everything. Like, you know, where the, where the gears, the prindle, where the gear shift is, um, which I think I taught you that term, right? Cause you said you never watched that show, <laughs> right? Did we talk about this? The prindle from sweet life of Zach and Cody, man, you might've talked about it. I've, You've talked to, I'll be honest with you, you brought that shit up once or twice before. And I don't, yeah. I don't really remember what we talked about. I'm not but trying to, so, I'm not trying to store information about the life of Zach and Cody <laughs> in my brain, but be honest with you, bro. I'm well, not trying anyway. to be a dick. No, but I know. Like, but so, but Zach like that Cody was, goes, a, goes <laughs> less, less than Buffy. Okay. Buffy made an appearance and I'm stuck with like. The first episode forever in my brain. So that's about as far as I want to go with any of that kind of shit. Gotcha. Until I have you Sorry, on the, until I have you on a future Continue. Buffy. That's okay. Um But uh no, but so that like that's they would fine. Do... I'll be on a future Buffy. But so they, they, they did things like that, right? Where it's like, okay, get used to, you know, where things are in the car, put the seat where you because like I'm a tall guy, you know what I mean? So like I'd adjust your mirrors and whatever. And then it was okay now get out where, you know, you're going to sit in the passenger seat and they have a deal worked out with one of the, the high schools there. So basically the high school lets them practice in the parking lot and in exchange, any students from the high school that go there, get a discount. Okay, cool. That's fine. Whatever. So I was, you know, that's like the whole first lesson is just driving around the school over and over and over again, you know, making sure you use your turn signals correctly. And then after a certain point, they, um, you know, he's like, okay, let, you know, help me out. Uh, we're going to put some cones in the parking lot. So then you're like doing, you know, like a, like snaking around the cones and stuff and all oh, that. Fucking yeah. So then at a certain point, he's like, okay, you have a little bit of confidence. He's like, what do you think about actually getting out on the road? 
Fuck and I'm, yeah. I'm like, well, of course I was nervous. I'm like, okay. Of course right? you are. So then he goes and he's like, okay, now up here, make this left and, you know, do this, whatever. And then suddenly he just looks and goes, well, wait a minute. How did we, we're on the highway. How did we end up here? And I'm like, I don't know. You're, you're telling me where to go. Like, I'm like freaking out. Cause like, oh my God, I'm on the highway now. <laughs> and of course a driver's ed car has the gas and brake on the passenger side as well. Right. And so at one point I, and you're going to, you're going to laugh. You're going to like, I'm going to hear you roll your eyes all the way here in Pennsylvania. No, nah, man, I don't roll my eyes. I, I, I didn't like fully stop, but I definitely like started to hit the brakes in the middle of the highway. Cause I got freaked out at one point. I expect nothing less. And like I everybody, nothing less. And everybody I tell that story to is like, "You never break on a highway." I'm like, "I know." It wasn't like a. I wasn't like thinking like, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna stop in the middle of the highway." It was. It was a it was nervous a, reaction. reaction. Yeah, man. Yeah. And it's so the he, same thing that happens when people start sliding on ice and stuff, and they push on their brakes and make the situation worse for themselves because they don't realize that they're making it worse. But it's a nervous reaction, and you just—it's what you do. When your car's out of control, you, we're programmed to hit the brakes because hitting the brakes stops the car. And so, yeah, exactly. But that's that doesn't what you always think. happen. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I, that ha- like, so then I did that. And then, you know, he was like, okay, take this exit, whatever. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, and that was, like I said, like first, second lesson. And then but he was like, okay, you know, we're never going to make that mistake again, are we? I'm like, no. And he said, he goes, that was a test. He's like, I wanted to see how you would react in the situation of suddenly being on the highway. And I was like, not great. <laughs> I was like, I didn't react great. And he's like, no, but now you at least have a little bit more awareness of, you know, the fact that other cars may be coming up on you and, you know, all like, you know, making sure you maintain the speed limit and things like that, whatever. So I was like, okay, you know, I like now a year later, I appreciate it in the moment. I was just like, what the hell, man? No, I mean, definitely. I mean, yeah, you could definitely appreciate it later on. And so, um, so yeah, so I got the, I got that, like I said, got the license, finally got the car because I had been practicing, uh, whatever, drove off the lot for the very first time. Um, and I went to work and I got to work like an hour early. And so I was like kind of showing off the car to people. And of course, the very first thing I opened, you know, they were like, let's see, you know, whatever. And I, I, you know, showed them the inside and I mean, it's, it's a, it's a 2011, so it's not a new car by any means. It's an older car, but it, you know, it runs very well. Like hasn't, I mean, there's problems and I'll get into that in a future podcast episode with, you know, whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the very first things that, I, you know, I was, you know, I opened the trunk and the very first thing that anybody says is, Wow, you could fit a lot of bodies in there. <laughs> a lot of trunk space in this car. Oh yeah, bro. Take you the long way through the pine barrens. Uh it works for groceries, let me tell you. I know that sounds super like middle-aged for me to say, but it works really well for groceries. <laughs> um but uh fucking groceries. <laughs> 
So, um, man, I'm thinking about blowing bitches' backsides out. You're thinking about groceries. I mean, well, you know, just different kinds of eating, you know. Oh, bad shit. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so then that I got the car, and, um, after that, it was, I was, so I was working. I don't know if I've ever said it before, but I mean, I've been gone close to a year, so I could kind of say it now. I mean, I was working for uh, Bed Bath & Beyond at the time. Uh, I no longer work there. I still have friends that work there, so I'm not going to necessarily like say too many. like. And in no way, shape, or form are they sponsoring this podcast? No, by any of course means, not. means no. necessary. If they want to, though, you know, I could get you my bank account information you wire something in there yeah but uh so i was working there and realistically it things weren't great for a variety of reasons maybe i'll go into those reasons someday in the future but for a variety of reasons things weren't that great so now that i had my license and a car because having a license is fine. I remember back when I used to work at the supermarket, they told me for a very long time, they said, if you get your license more than likely, because you know, obviously you get your license, you get a car not long after that. But they told me that once I got my license, they were going to move me to the store out in Marshall's Creek. Yeah. You were telling me this before it was like far away and shit. Yeah. It's like on the border. It's like Pennsylvania, New Jersey. You fuckers. You know what? (laughs) You know what? Get bent. And so. Hey, Hey, we're going to promote you. You get your license. You're getting a promotion. We're going to promote you and move your ass fucking two hours away. Asshole. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And so, um, oh, fucking corporations. But so now having the, the license and having the car, it started like more so started me saying, okay, I think it's time for a change. And again, there were some other things that I, I don't necessarily want to get into. No. Um, just I, maybe one day if I and I don't mean this as any disrespect towards you, Ellsworth, but maybe if I can get some other people that were involved in certain stories that also don't work there anymore, I might be more willing to go into it because I feel like they can keep me in check. I could keep them in check and I wouldn't sure. necessarily being, you know, saying anything too, too terrible or at least I'd have someone else there to back me up and be like, no, 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 that actually was true or whatever. I um, got you. But so I started looking for other job opportunities. Yeah. And then um, a few months after that, I ended up changing jobs to where Moving I am on now. up. And of course, the funny thing is, it's in the same exact shopping center. So, of course, my, because my thought was, was always this. <laughs> like when I, so I worked for. Just um, moving on down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I worked for um, Macy's Seasonal one year for like for Christmas, Thanksgiving to right after new year's. And, uh, they had told me as well. They said they, cause they, they didn't say flat out like, Oh, if you could get a license or, Oh, if you could get a car or whatever. But they said, if you could make it to the store, that's in like closer to Scranton, which is about 40 minutes away from where I live, they were like, if you could get to that store, we might 
you know, we could talk to somebody and probably get you like a key holder position because they really like, they liked me, but they, you know, they said they couldn't just keep me on at that store or whatever. Cause of whatever. So, but they were like, if you could get up there, we could like talk to somebody about getting you a position up there. Well, I didn't have the means at that time to do that. Cause that was when I was like still at like a extremely low point in terms of finances, mental health, so on and so forth. So I didn't have the means to do that then. But my thought was, okay, now that I have the car, I can start to look outside of areas where the local bus can take me. Because that's how I got the job where I at Bed Bath was because there was a bus that could take me there. Or it would be, you know, X amount of dollars for an Uber to get there or whatever. And obviously a 20-minute Uber ride is going to cost significantly less than a 40 to 50 minute Uber ride. Again, depending on traffic and time of day and all of those sorts of things. One of my favorite things about recording any of the shows that I do, like MCU and Me or Lost with Friends or even back when we used to do Wrestling Renegades, is finding out little uh, details about the people that we have on. Uh, and sometimes in the middle of those conversations, you get some very interesting details about who the people are. And of course we try to present you with who those people are across the various clock shelves, entertainment shows. And one of the best ways that we do that is on our show, Paul and all, um, it is where I sit down, uh, with various people from all over the world, as I always say, and I just talk with them. And I, the, you know, no topic is too small on our show, Paul and all, as our intro says. And I would love if you would go and check it out, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, of course, you can find the links across all of our social media. And, you know, you could help us grow that show as well, because sometimes it's fun talking with the Losties or the True Believers uh, about things that aren't necessarily Lost or Marvel or wrestling or what have you. Um, sometimes getting to know the people is what is the fun part for me. I am Paul. I am your voice of choice here at Clock Shelves Entertainment, and I host Paul and All. Go check it out. So I was like, okay, now that I have a car, I could start to look at other places, put my, uh, I updated my resume, put that out there, what have you. And I got a call from the place where I currently work, which is of course, right in the same shopping center, uh, and everything else like that. So it's, it's, it still makes me laugh to this day where I was just like, oh man, I have so many more opportunities. And I moved about, you know, seven storefronts down really, <laughs> you know, um, but, uh, Definitely, um, for a variety of reasons, like I said, maybe one day I'll, I will uh, go into those. I am gonna. All I'm gonna say is this: financially, it's a lot better for me, and I realized that for sure when I was uh, figuring out my taxes not too long ago. Because pretty much, if I had, I'm, I'm gonna say this, and you know, if I had stayed working where I was working, I may have ended up owing the government money. Because uh, the pay that I was getting versus what was being taken out and all that stuff, there was it wasn't it wasn't working out, you know, financially in the long run for me. I, I figured out once I actually sat down and did all of that. So definitely now where I'm at. Um, and again, I'll tell that story, you know, in time once a lot of time has passed and what have you. But 
Um, it definitely is. And I think, and again, as somebody who kind of came into my life when I was on the, I want to, I mean, I I think I was kind of on the upswing ish when we started, like when we became friends, right? Like I wasn't, I don't think I was at like my lowest point. I definitely wasn't at my highest point yet, but I was, I was at least I think sort of on the upswing and you got to one of the reasons that I said that I wanted to have this discussion with you was because like you said earlier, like you came into my life, you reaffirmed a lot of the things that people were saying. You were that outsider perspective on that. But I think you can attest as well. And I'm not saying like, oh, Ellsworth, be on here just to pat me on the back. But I think you would agree that where I was, whatever, it's actually it's about eight to nine months ago, even a year ago. I think I'm better now having have, you know, now that I have the the license, have the car, have this job opportunity and things like that. Like, I think you can agree all of those changes for a variety of reasons, in addition to. I'm at, you know, it's it's embarrassing at my age to not have the license anymore and, you know, a car and all that. But the uh, like I said, being in a better uh, financial state, being in a better mental state with work, things like that. I think uh, overall it was definitely a better a better thing for me. Would you agree? I would concur. I would concur. And without a well, doubt. And one of the other things that was like, Hey, whatever you just said, you were right saying, um, Hey, one of the, I got your back, Paul. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and the, sorry, the way you, whatever you just said, like it makes it sound like you weren't listening. You're just like, yes, you were right in what you just said, whatever that was. <laughs> um, uh. but, uh, no, I, I, I want to, I do also want to say that, I think one of the the biggest issues was like for me. So I left the supermarket under under the terms of, hey, I'm giving you a month's notice because then I was theoretically going off to start the fairy tale life that I thought that I had at the time. And so I ended on very good terms with them. Then the next job I had at the building place I had to abruptly quit because I was no longer living with my ex. I couldn't make it because it's about an hour and a half away from where I currently live, where I was, you know, living at the time. Uh, I moved back here, back up here where I live now, which is about an hour and a half away. And obviously, again, no license, no car, no anything. I couldn't get there, so I had to abruptly quit, meaning, like, I think it was, like, a Monday. It was. It was a Monday. I called off because I was like, oh, I'm going to spend the day with her and the younger kids. And then she's like, nope, things are over. And then literally, like, 4 a.m. Tuesday morning, I called the workplace and was like, yeah, um, I, I, I'm i never coming in again. I just can't because, you know, I, I don't live there anymore, whatever. And so um, – So that was like odd because like you go from like eight and a half years on your resume and a lot of people like that because a lot of people like, you know, millennials, Gen Z, whatever, you you know, whatever category you want to put me in. A lot of people don't stay at a lot of jobs that long. So like eight and a half years, a lot of people look at that and they're like, wow, you know, like that's really, really good. That that looks well. But then eight and a half years there 
and then like two months at this building place, then like two and a half months at Macy's for seasonal work, and then um, like a year or so with Bed Bath. And then like, so basically what happened, like, and you know, people would ask me sort of like what happened, you know, that you were at this job for close to a decade and then you've kind of jumped from job to job. And I would tell people that, you know, I did this, I went, you know, moved in with, with a girlfriend, things didn't work out. And then, you know, seasonal job, you know, whatever. And I, and I was kind of, not that I was jumping from job to job, but for a while I thought, okay, so I started out at part-time at Bed Bath then made it up to full time. And at the time I was like, okay, this is, this is going to be good. I'm going to stay here for a little while, what have you. And then again, a lot of things happened. A lot of things went down that I was like, okay, can't really stay here for a variety of reasons. So I started looking elsewhere. I applied where I currently work and I actually applied, well, I applied a few places, but I got a call from where I currently work and one other place that I had an interview for. And the problem there was it would have been more responsibility than what I had at Bed Bath and only like a quarter raise, like a 25 cent higher pay or something. And I was like, I cannot justify taking this for only that much more money, you know? And so, and especially in comparison to the other offer that I got from where I currently work, things like that. But it was not only the first time that I was sort of putting myself out there where I was like, okay, I'm not desperate for a job because that was, that, that had been the case. Like I worked for supermarket eight and a half years. Then the building place, I got in there because of my ex and her father. Then after that, I was desperate. So I took the job at Macy's at significantly reduced pay because I was desperate. I needed money, whatever. I'll take whatever, basically whatever you're offering. You're one of the only places that's called me for an interview. Yes, I'll take it. Bed bath, same thing. Uh, They offered me lower than what I thought I was worth, but I was like, you know what? It's going to be a consistent paycheck. I'm not working at Macy's anymore. I need money. I'll, you know, I, if I have to start and work my way up again, that's what I'll do and whatever. So to sort of take the leap of, I have something pretty good. I have a full-time job, which in retail, you don't get full-time a lot anymore in this day and age. A lot of people don't realize that, but that's just what it is with retail. You, it's just, and I've, I've heard it for years and years and years. Part-time is the new full-time and that's BS. Uh, that's a BS corporate thing so that they don't have to pay you certain benefits and whatever. Yeah. I, hate, I hate that concept, but it was, it's, it's, they've changed an entire generation to feel that way, unfortunately. And that's what it was, was, Oh, part-time is the new full-time. So when I got offered full-time after I was told about it, pushed for it, then it officially got offered to me at bed bath, took it, whatever. So to then once again, sort of step outside of what was my comfort zone and me thinking, well, okay, I'm once again, going to have a thing where they're just like, okay, Eight years, two months, two months, a year and a half. Why do you keep jumping from job to job? But I was like, you know what? I'm going to bet on myself. And I applied at a few different places. I got two offers, again, from that place that I talked about where the pay would not have been much more than what I was making at the time and from the place where I currently work now. And it's going to sound really, I'm going to sound really, really full of myself when I say this, but it was a really good feeling especially considering how my, my 
I hate luck, but for lack of a better word, luck, my, my history, whether it be with jobs or women or whatever, for two places to want me felt really good. Oh, selfishly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'd never had that before. But I also then, on the flip side of that, I then had to do an unfortunate thing and make a phone call that I never had to do before, which was turning down one of the places. And I never had to make that call before. Because for me, it was always me worrying, are they going to call me back and say, yes, we want you? Whereas now I had to call them and say, unfortunately, I've gone another way. You know, normally it's them saying, we've gone another way. But this time it's me saying, I'm going another way. Hey, it's, you have to make those calls sometimes though, Paul. Oh, I know. And, but it was just, it was very, like I said, it was very, very odd for me, but it was, it was, it was a nice odd. You know what I mean? Like it, it felt like after so many years and so many things, and especially again, because of the journey that I, that I have been on. And at that point had been on for two years, almost two years at that. Yeah. Cause yeah, uh, it was like a month. My last day at Bed Bath was like a, a few days of a month shy of two years for the breakup. So yeah, that journey that I had been on for two years to being at my lowest point, basically going out, taking whatever job I could. And again, coming back, you know, the bounce back of getting a better job, get, you know, and by better, again, it wasn't the job that I've had consistently, but it was the one that I ended up working my way up to being full time. I ended up getting my, my license. I ended up getting a car. I had made some great friends along the way, all of these things, the bounce back that I had to then be, you know, in, in just shy of two years to then be in a position where I can turn places down and make better moves for myself, both mentally and financially and, you know, it's funny in both places when I had interviews and I just said this to someone the other day and I it's it sounds cheesy as hell. And I acknowledge that beforehand, but it is absolutely true to this day in job interviews. They'll often ask you that standard thing. Where do you see yourself in three years, four years, five years, 10 years, whatever? And both times I said, and it's, and you ask me, and I will still tell you to this very day, the same thing that I told them, you know, six, seven, eight months ago, nine months, whenever I had these interviews and they, you know, when, you know, you know, where, where do you see yourself? And I said about, you know, how I had been through such a, a heartbreaking thing and really it doesn't matter where I am. It just matters that I'm happy because that's what I want to see out of myself within the next three to five years. I don't care where I am. I don't care if I'm in Pennsylvania. I don't care if I'm in New Jersey. I don't care if I'm in Texas, California, the Carolinas, you know, North Dakota, wherever. I don't care where I am. Just as long as I'm happy, then that's fine. You know, and and they were both the the managers of the of the stores who were the ones that were interviewing me were both sort of taken aback to that because I don't think they get that answer very often. And I would have never thought of giving that answer just a few years ago. But just in do in going through things that I've gone through, that's all I want 
out of I mean, obviously, are there other things that I want out of life now? Hell yeah, obviously. Yes. But if I have all of those things that I also want, but I'm not happy, is it worth it? No. You know what I mean? Like if I like I have and again, and I've said this before and I'll say, you know, I was at my lowest and I had people in my life. And I got new people in my life, such as yourself, Ellsworth, who made me realize that all of the things that I thought were important or the the way that I thought life was going to go and so on and so forth, that's not what was important. The people that I have in my life that are the you know, the people that are there for you when you need them. Because, I mean, I don't know how much we've ever talked about it on the show, but, like, Ellsworth became, like, a daily friend to me. And, again, he said it before. We've still, to this very day of us recording this episode, we've still never met each other in person. But we clicked in doing that Agents of, that very first Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. And then, like... We've had some be- deep-ass fucking conversations. We really have. Hey there, folks, just taking another break to remind you to check out our social media pages. We're trying to grow those, and we're wondering what you want to see more from us. Uh, You can let us know your feedback on our shows. You can let us know uh, feedback on just about anything, really, over on our social medias. You can make requests for various guests that you want to maybe return to certain shows, or you can give us topics. Um, you can check out all of that and you can even find pretty much across the various platforms, the people that have been on, uh, our shows because we follow them and are followed by them pretty much everywhere. Uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, we are clock shelves. Of course, that's C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. We are trying to grow our social media presence, as I said. So, um, in addition to us trying to post as often as we uh, post new content for you, uh, we're also trying to make everyone else aware of our social media. So make sure you go give us a follow, maybe even uh, share us sometimes, you know, when we post new stuff. It's at clock shelves. That's C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Like we met, like it wasn't, I think it wasn't until the second one when we like when Kevin, I think, kind of started like a thing where he was like, hey, I'm putting the three of us in like a chat together because basically I was saying, here's my schedule. And he would say to you, hey, here's Paul's schedule. And like he was kind of like the go between and trying to schedule everything between the three of us. And then it became, OK, now we're ha- you know, now we're in like a group chat with each other. And then he was like, hey, man, I may not be able to make the next one if you guys want to keep going. And we were like, yeah, we want to keep going. And then you and I started messaging each other. And of course, it kind of started out where it was like, are you free today? Do you want, you know, whatever. Or what ones are we watching again or what have you? And then based on the conversations we were not only having during the show, but then the conversations we had off mic, we started texting each other. There were a few times where we had, you know, not a lot, but a few phone calls here and there, what have you. But we did, we started having like a lot of like deep conversations and like stuff that, and I mean, I'm not going to, obviously I'm not going to sit here and tell anything that's private 
you know, your business nor my business that it's not anyone else's well business, but like there were things that like you told me that I'm there going, wow, like he, he must really trust me. Like this is a personal stuff. And like, we barely know each other. And I would say, you know, things to you where I'm sure you probably had that same thing where you're just like, wow, we barely know each other. Like this guy trusts me like a lot. And like, we, I mean, on iPhone, there's that thing where you can like pin, I think it's like up to nine conversations. And it was only within the last, I don't know, year, year and a half when I started like doing that with like a lot of the people that I talk to consistently or like the people that I really want to be at the top of my messages. But consistently since I started doing that, you have been one of like the main like four to five people that I have had like pinned at the top of my my messages on the on my on my phone because like I know as soon as I open my messages boom there's a picture of Ellsworth and I know that if I if I need anything I can and I know you know obviously we work different schedules like you have other things going on whatever but I also know that you'll get back to me within a timely manner and much like Kevin and this is one of the things that I've always told Kevin that I appreciate about him is you don't um, you don't sugarcoat things. If you think something's bad, like you'll tell me like, Paul, I think that's really dumb. Or like, I don't think that will work or whatever. And I've said that consistently about Kevin as well. And not to say that other people didn't because they did. But when I was going through what I was going through, there would be certain people who would, you know, kind of say, well, you know, whatever. And they would kind of like, kind of hold my hand while also trying to tell me like things that I didn't want to hear. Whereas like Kevin was just like, shut up you're an idiot. Like, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And I always say, he's always been a very good friend for like when I need a kick in the ass. And I would, and I would definitely put you in that, in that same category. But like you have been, you've been a very consistent friend. And, um, you know, I know when I was going through a lot of, even just these things that I talked about in this episode, you know, getting the license, getting the car, changing jobs like you were one of the people that i was just like dude i'm 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 making these life changes like can you know what do you think about stuff and i just remember talking with with you about a lot of these things as they were happening you know yeah no hey look i've been a fan you know i'm an avid person of upgrading your life you know sharpening your sword becoming a better version of yourself I'm glad I could be, you know, this person to you and it's, it's a mutual thing. I mean, you've been there, you, you say, wow, I can't believe, you know, not knowing me that way. He's saying something personal or whatever, like on the same token, man, like it was nice to be able to have somebody that you could reach out to and talk to those things. I mean, not saying they're, they're the same, but like, you know, a lot of situations we've been through have similar have invoked similar emotional responses and so forth. So, I mean, there are some relatable issues that we, we have. So, I mean, it's nice to be able to have those people to talk to. So I appreciate it, man. I mean, you know, that's what friends are for. Absolutely. Friends. How many of us have them? And I definitely consider you an incredibly close friend because I don't think I could have told a lot of this story if it wasn't somebody that I was sort of this close to 
because I can go into certain details and it's a weird thing. And I, and I think you, you're one of the people that gets it. Like you, I, th- I'm going to say Jake to a certain extent only because he's been doing this with me pretty much since I started, but like you're a, I don't mean this in a, it, it, for some people it may come off negative, but I think you'll understand it when I, when I say it, you're a performer as well. And obviously (laughs) I'm, and I'm, but it's, it's a weird sort of balance because like for this, because like for you, like you, you act. And so you get to sort of put yourself in the mindset of whatever character you're portraying and what have you. And I'm not saying that the Paul that you get on the podcast is different than the Paul you get in real life. But there's a different element of it because not only am I talking with you right now, and I've often said one of the things of these podcasts is I have these great conversations with my friends and I like, you know, I think it's kind of interesting for people to be able to say, you know, sort of like they, they drop in on just a little bit. Cause like I said, you and I have had many conversations off mic and so they get to hear a little bit of the conversations that we do have. But like, I'm not, I'm not only talking to you right now. Like, obviously I'm talking to everyone else. So it's like a weird, delicate balance that I'm trying to have where I'm talking to you as the other person on here, but I'm also like explaining a story to, to other people. But I don't think that I could have said a lot of this if I was talking with someone that I wasn't as close with as I am close with you. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. I greatly appreciate your friendship. I greatly appreciate um, how good of a friend and how close of a friend you have become and how you, you let me, you let me be me. And, you know, I have those moments where I'm just like, oh, woe is me. Oh, pity me, whatever. And then I also have those and you, you let me have those moments. But then there's also those moments where you're just like, Paul, shut up. This is what, you know, think, th- do this, this, and this, you know what I mean? And, uh, you, you have that balance, I think very well. And, um, uh, I know that with us not knowing each other, and with certain things in my life, such as I had my first heartbreak later in life, I made this big move, you know, with getting my car a lot later in life, um, you know, having consistent, I don't want to say consistent work, but I guess consistent work at a job that I actually like and things so much later in life and making some of those big uh, changes so much later in life. Um, it may be different than a lot of people that you've probably come across in your life, because not only are you a few years older than me, not a lot, but a few years older than me. But like you said, a lot of the things that I was talking about earlier with driving, you experienced them at like 15, 16. I experienced them like late twenties, early thirties. And so it was probably different for you kind of coming and being like, okay, this guy, he's my friend, he's cool, he's whatever. But like, he's going through this stuff like a lot later in life. So I know that that probably was like a different learning curve for you as well, because not, not everybody else in your life at that, at at that stage probably goes through that stuff. So you've been very, uh, very helpful and very accommodating 
um, in that way, a very encouraging in that way as well. So, um, like I said, I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot that I necessarily was like, oh man, we're going to go so in depth with a lot of things, but I really, I just wanted to, because you were there and because you were encouraging and because you also were someone that came in sort of post heartbreak, which not a lot of people that have been on any of the shows can say they were all sort of there pre heartbreak and then through it and, and so on. But you have a different perspective of the stuff that I went through at that time. And like I said, I, I you know, I just wanted to give sort of a, a little bit of a life update at, at least up until let's just say August, September of 2021 being getting my license, getting a car, sort of the journey of that, where that was, like I said, I mean, there's, if I had somebody else that was maybe there more consistently, I could probably go through, you know, test driving the car and, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, the fact that driving the car off the lot and then uh, changing jobs, which was a big, a big thing for me because I never thought that I was like, I never thought that I would have like the confidence for that. Um, but I thought you would be a really good person for me to sort of be able to get a lot of this out and, uh, kind of bounce some of these, these things off of. So thank you again for, uh, for being on here. Hey, Paul, thanks for having me. And I really appreciate it. Um, it's always a pleasure to just kind of talk about life, the things we're going through, these stories, you know, where you were at in life, where you're at now, where we were both at, um, and again, man, I, I mean, I get a lot of this stuff. You know, I recently changed jobs and I had to tell a guy who's done a lot for me in the middle, like not in the middle, at the beginning of the peak of our season when he has no other help. And I literally would be sticking him like without a doubt, stuck them up the fucking creek. But I had no choice but to do what was best for me and roll the dice and bet on myself. And so, I mean, I, you know, we sometimes have to do these things and it's, you know, it's hard, but you know, this is, this is a lot of times why people don't do things like this. And a lot of times why people get stuck in that rut, man, because they don't bet on themselves. They're afraid of what could happen. They're and so I, afraid of what could happen that that's what happens because they literally manifested that shit to happen because instead of being afraid of what could happen, they're not thinking about what could happen. And and I was going to say that to you. I wasn't going to, I mean, whatever detail you want to go, go into, that's all I was going to say, but I was going to say like you, you had, well, when we first started talking, you, you had just moved back to the East coast, like we talked about earlier. And then, um, I believe you were, you were living further South. Then you moved up a little bit, still South, but up like North South. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, and then you got a job where you just left, which again, I'm not, I don't want to give out too much, too much details, but you had that. And you seemed from the conversations that we were having, you seemed happy with that. I'm not saying you weren't happy in the end, but I just remember you saying like, I mean, it was obviously in a lot of the, 
The... It was just a grind, bro. I was doing right. manual. I was doing manual labor outside in the heat, like for a company that needed to have like four more employees besides me. Like and I that's... worked. I worked with two guys who were in their mid and late sixties, and then they had me. We were in a year, a little over a year, we went through three other employees that just didn't, they either left because they couldn't hack it or had fucking life fucking issues because they were fucked up in life or they were drunk. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, it's, it, but it's, was I happy? I mean... I wasn't long-term happy. I was what most people do in life, and they settle for the short-term happiness and give up on being uncomfortable for a little bit to get the long-term happiness. Now I'm just going to have to be a little uncomfortable to get what I really want in life. And that was – that's what I was going to say was you – I, from what I gathered, you weren't unhappy, but I know when we would try to – with even even just talk, not even like, oh, hey, what's your schedule? Can we record whatever? But like you were, if I'm not mistaken, there were a lot of days, like even not just five days a week, but even six, sometimes maybe even seven days a week. You were working like before the sun came up yeah. until after the sun went down. Oh, yeah. Because you were I know you were you. It was like you like you said, it was you and like one or two other people doing the job of like a seven or eight person crew. And uh I know that, I mean, and again, not only trying to, I, I really don't want this to sound selfish, but like trying to coordinate things with me, like you have family, you have wanting to have just a social life, whether that's, you know, going out to the bar with your friends or going on dates or whatever, you know, even if you want to say like, Hey, you know what, I'm going to take a, a, a you know, a day trip or a two day trip or whatever, and come back up to New Jersey and not tell Paul that I'm going to be in the area and get pictures with Kevin in a parking lot. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that was a, that was the most stressful trip. <laughs> no, I just, I'm sorry. I just remember where I was just like, I sent you a message and you're just like, I knew I was going to get this message. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Um, but no, like it's, it becomes more difficult to do things like that when you're, when you're like, and have those other aspects of life when you're, when you're working that much. And you told me recently about, and you know, you, you always had, and maybe still have, I don't know, but you always had other things on the, on the back burner. Oh yeah. Sort of like floating. And you and I, that's one of the things that I that I do appreciate of about your friendship as well is there are a lot of times where I'll just say to you like hey man I have this idea whether it be I have an idea for an episode of Paul and all or like I have this idea for like a podcast series on its own what do you think you know and like there are times where you've said like it's not my thing but I can see how it would work or you're like I don't think that'll work or whatever and you've done the same thing where you're just like I have this idea what do you think and I've said to you like I don't necessarily get it, but I also know that like there is a market for that out there. So, you know, if you can, why not, you know, or, or what have you. 
Um, but when you when you had said to me about this this opportunity that you have now, and you were like, I'm going to be leaving and whatever, and I I think I had said to you like, you know, like, are you sure? Is this? And you were like, Yeah, I gotta, I gotta do something something different and that was one of the things when i worked at the supermarket for so long and zach can tell you the same thing because he worked there as long as i did but he started about a year after me and left about a year after me so he had about eight and a half years it was just shifted by like one year um but he had the same thing where he it was it was just sort of this is comfortable and they and we talked about it multiple times on multiple episodes be it of Paul and all or you know we used to kind of talk about it on wrestling renegades and whatever where they would kind of trick you or gaslight you or whatever into being like well nowhere else is ever going to treat you as good as as we treat you because they paid well above minimum wage and so that was like their excuse of like, well, we could treat you badly because we pay you this much and we give you all of these hours and, and all of these things and whatever. And then, and, and I'll be honest, had it not been for everything with my ex, I don't know if I would have had another reason to leave. I mean, obviously that's one of the few things that I can sort of look back on and go, okay, that's a benefit of what I went through in that relationship and breakup and stuff was like that it got me out of there because there was a time several times actually where I kind of resigned myself to saying like, I guess this is where I am. I had no motivation to get my license or a car. I had no motivation to like better myself in any way really. Cause I was, I was consistent with, I have this job. I make decent money. Yeah. They treat me like shit. But like I have all my podcasts, I have, I get to, I, because I wasn't driving, so I was saving a lot of money. So I'm like, I get to go, you know, like once a year on, on these really cool, you know, I went to Hawaii twice. I went to LA, you know, I got, you know, like two weeks of vacation every year. I could go, you know, about a week or so one, you know, to one big place and then, you know, maybe take a few days off around my birthday or whatever. Over this last year, the entertainment space changed drastically. With many TV series being binged, many films seeing digital releases like never before, and many in show business starting or growing their online presence. Many actors, directors, producers, and more began to delve into the world of podcasting. Whether it was actors re-watching and giving behind the scenes details on their long running uh, series, directors appearing to discuss their filmographies, or even comedians launching series to help grow their audience in a time when touring was non-existent, the podcasting landscape changed. And though we at Clockshelves Entertainment have tried to consistently bring you new content, we know we haven't always kept up our end of the bargain. But we would like to take a moment to thank you for sticking with us. And with so many options out there, we began to question how we exactly fit into the current space. We realized that although we may not have those involved in your favorite Marvel films or your favorite TV series or music genre, we have the unique fan perspective. We have something no one else has.
global reactions, enticing aspects, tantalizing topics in many entertaining scenarios. Yes, we have great times. We have the unique perspective of offering the different viewpoints from literally all around the globe. We'd like to thank you for sticking with us and we hope to continue bringing you more great times ahead. We've always said Clock Shelves Entertainment is a great way to pass the time. Great times ahead. But I was, it's terrible to say, I was content and there was a part of me where I was just like, this is my life. I'm going to work here. I'm going to hate working here, but this is it. And then, you know, obviously a lot of different things happened and it would it would have been so easy for me to just go back to that job, which is what someone thought I was going to do was that I was going to go right back to that job and basically fall right back into that rut. And it took me, like I said, took me almost two years to get to a much better place, but it was leaving there was one of the things that I needed. And again, it wasn't for the same reason that you left and it wasn't for the same reason that I eventually left bed bath, but leaving and, and you know, whatever the, the circumstances are that you leave something like that, but leaving and sort of setting it and saying, I'm, I need to do this now. It, it may end up working out for you in the long run. And like you said, Ellsworth, you know, you some, you know, you need to, to bet on yourself and you're so worried about what might happen that you don't think about what might happen. You know, like I, like I was, I was nervous as hell to leave bed bath. Again, I had a consistent job. I had, I knew pretty much what days I would work, what times I would work and whatever. I was jumping into a new job. I was going to be full-time, which again, as I said before, being full-time in retail is one thing. I actually got hired at full-time, which was completely foreign, but I jumped into this new thing and I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast, but I know I've told it a few different times. Um, Myself and two young ladies started around the same time. The one young lady, her and I started on the same day. One of the other uh, young ladies, uh, she started maybe about a week or two before us. And I didn't know anything about, I know how to sell. Like that's, I don't want to say that's easy, but you can kind of BS your way through selling things. You know what I mean? Like, that sounds terrible to say, but like, I'm a people person. So like, it's not that difficult for me to sort of do something like that. And again, I don't, I think I said it earlier. Like, I don't lie about that sort of stuff. Like I said, I don't like that card, card dealer thing that, that a lot of, you know, that stigma about, about car dealers. I don't lie. I don't this or that. I, and I'll often say to people, and I think I just said this to you privately the other day. I'll often do things where I'm jokingly like, well, so I am a salesman. So I also have to try to pitch you on X, Y, Z. And then, you know, in addition to, so if you're going to get X, Y, Z, you have to get A, B, C and D, E, F. You know what I mean? Like I'll do, th- but I'll, I'll start it out. And as sort of like a joke where I'm like, well, I'm a salesman. So here's me trying to sell you things. 
but it works. I'm not saying it works every time, but it works because like, I think people appreciate that where you're not coming to them from a standpoint of lying to them or what have you. But I didn't know anything about the field that I currently work in other than it's selling. And so there was, and I remember this so vividly, the girl that I said that I was friends with from Bed Bath, she was still working there. And because it's not that far away. So like we would hang out, like if we got out at the same time, we would hang out with a, you know one or two other people from there, maybe go to dinner or what have you. But like the two girls that started around the same time as me, they sort of jumped in on doing certain things. Whereas I was there and I was like still shadowing some of the bosses or I would still be asking questions a lot or what have you. They like jumped in and they started doing things like on their own. What I didn't notice was that they were doing things on their own and then they were going back and saying to the managers, hey, can you double check this and that for me or what have you? All I saw was they're jumping in. And I remember there was a day where I was trying to sell something, two different sales I had, and my store manager had to kind of swoop in and, and save me because I was floundering a little bit. And I went into the into the restroom and I started like tearing up like I thought I was going to break down and just full on cry like I was doing everything I could to try to hold back the tears and I remember texting the girl I had been working with at Bed Bath and one or two other people where I was just like I think I made a mistake is it too late to go back to working at Bed Bath like I think I, I don't think this is going to work out here and and what have you you know, of course, I don't even remember if I had sent you that message or not at the time, but there were, you know, I got one or two responses and it was, well, what's wrong? And I said, you know, like they get these, these girls get it and I don't and whatever. And, you know, people were like, maybe you're just having an off day or what have you. And I'm like, no, I don't think this is for me. I think I made a mistake, whatever. So I composed myself, you know, rinse my face off a little bit, try to make it look like I wasn't crying. Maybe half hour 45 minutes later whatever I'm in the back room and my boss is back there and we're just talking about whatever and she kind of looks at me and she goes so um I gotta ask you how do you think you're doing here I'm like honestly terrible I think I'm doing terribly here she's like really I'm like you had to swoop in and save me on two sales today I said this and I'm you know of course I'm naming the girls that I was you know that worked there I'm like this girl is like jumping in doing this thing this one over here like knows that whatever and she goes okay first of all and that's what she kind of said to me she goes watch this first one that you talked about uh you know, she's having us double check her work. The other one worked for one of our sister companies a few years ago. So she knows this, this version of sales. She knows this industry. So she, she has a little bit of a one up. Yes. She's like, and I didn't really do anything more than help you close the deal earlier. She goes, honestly, she's like, I could see you being like, here for the long haul, like being like management or something, you know, in a few months to a year time. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, you're, you're, you're very good. You're very good with people. You know what you're, what you're talking about when it comes to like relating to people and selling and, and all she's like, are there things you need to work on? Yes. You know, she's like, you need to just learn this industry 
a little better. And it wasn't probably for another like month or two when I said to her, I go, do you remember that conversation we had? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, do you know that um, like 20 minutes, half hour, whatever, before that, I was like breaking down in the bathroom because I thought I was failing. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah. I don't think you realize that like saying that to me and like whatever, I was like, that really helped me. And like, and it was, and like I said, it, at that moment before she said all that, when I was in the bathroom, it was like confirming all of those fears that I had of, oh my goodness, I'm taking this leap. What if I make a mistake, whatever. And like I said, not even an hour later, 45 minutes, half hour, whatever it was, my boss was just like, I could see you going really far here. I could see you being like part of the management team or whatever. Oh, and I was hell just yeah. like, holy shit. You know, <laughs> it's like, I, like, you know, like you said, and like, I just reaffirmed a little bit ago, you're so afraid of what might happen that you don't know what might happen. And we're, we're kind of programmed to kind of think the worst, you know, I mean, most, you know, everything we think will happen badly is all you know what i mean it's all in our our heads man i mean wait how does that how does that phrase go uh wor- what is it worry i think it's worry is interest on a debt that may never come true yeah if that's and, what they say and it's that's it's accurate you know because we are, and it's funny because, like, wrote like scientifically, they've found that like rose-colored glasses, meaning you look back at something that was terrible in the past, and your brain tricks you into only remembering the good times because it keeps out bad memories. Like it purposely hides bad. Your own brain hides bad memories from Hell you yeah. to help you remember the good times. But yet, when it comes to potential future things. You could almost only ever think of the worst possible outcome. <laughs> you know, it's such a weird, such a weird concept. I mean, I like I do. They, that's, you know, some people don't, though. Some people don't remember the good times at all. But I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> We move forward, man. Just keep it moving. Try, Absolutely. Try to be better than you were the day before. And that is, for the last several months, that is, well, like I said, where do you, you know, the question, where do you see yourself three to five years? I just want to be happy, you know? And there are days where I've I've talked about it. I'll be like, man, I was, oof, it was not a good day or whatever. And then I realize today's a brand new day. You know, and it doesn't always feel like that, but today's a brand new day. You know, you, what is it? How does it go from, from the Lion King? You know, it's, it's in the past, you know, you could look, you bait there. What does he say? What does he, how does he go? It's in the past. You could either run from it or learn from it or something like that. He says, right. Uh, I guess. Rafiki, I don't know. He's he's more wise than than I am. So, um, but uh, anyway, we're just at this point. I feel like I'm just sort of going around and around in circles, saying the same thing that you've already said and what have you. But 
Um, really, I just wanted to sort of give that life update. Um, and yes, people from me and other ones might come in the form of stories shared with other people. Like I said, like even the life update where I was just like, oh yeah, I went out to Michigan and it was Jake and I, and then Bree and I sort of telling that story. It may come in that form. There may be other ones where it's just me saying to someone like Ellsworth or what have you, Hey, I want to tell this thing about me. Um, and again, obviously I have times where I'm just like, Hey Ellsworth, let's talk and, you know, tell me what's been going on with you or whatever. But we had the, the opportunity to sit to, opportunity to sit down today. I wanted to sort of give that life update. It, it, they, they are going to be, you know, a few months behind now. You're not necessarily going to get like, now if you follow me on social media, of course, you might get things in more real time or relatively speaking. But for the podcast, it's not always going to be like immediate stories only because, um, sometimes, you know, like I had to have the time away from bed bath for me to be able to sort of talk about it. I didn't want it to be like my very last day. And then the next day I get on here and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just left this company and they were blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't want it to be like that. I like to have some, some distance in between things, even starting this job to where I am now. Like I said, I couldn't necessarily have told that story about almost crying. I couldn't have told that like the same week that it happened because now I can look back on it and sort of reflect things a little bit differently than I would have been able to then. So expect more stories. Again, they're going to be a little, a little delayed, you know, from when they happened versus when you hear them. But, um, I really hope that you all enjoyed sort of this update from me. We got a little bit of a, of a life update from Ellsworth. We had a mutual admiration society with regards to mine and Ellsworth's friendship. Um, like I said, I update a little bit more on social media than I do on the podcast in real time. That is when it comes to social media and other things on the internet, Ellsworth, where can they find you in those places? Hey, 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 you know, I'm out here living life to the fullest, always on Twitter. That's at the magician, T-H-E-M-A-J-I-S-H-N. And if you pop on by the Instagram, Ellsworth Certified, let's have some conversations. Let's like some pictures. Let's enjoy life. Of course, for me, it's Twitter and Instagram at JPGRB, secondary Instagram at JPCS.PICS. Uh, follow both of us at Clockshelves on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's at Clockshelves, C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. Um, we talk, Ellsworth mentioned Buffy earlier. We do have that as a new podcast series from Clockshelves entertainment it's called buffy verse and converse to celebrate 25 years of buffy the vampire slayer uh the television series uh we're going sort of episode by episode i got ellsworth to watch the first two episodes um seeing as he was around for it but didn't watch it um there's other people that are on there some of your uh, favorite recurring guests from clock shelves entertainment stuff are going to be on there. Of course, we also talked about MCU and me, which is another podcast uh, that we do going through the entirety of the Marvel cinematic universe. Um, Ellsworth has been on there quite a few times. Um, and I have some things coming up soon where I'm going to say to him, Hey man, what do you got the free time? Let's work out some schedule stuff. Cause there's some upcoming stuff uh, for that program that I'm going to uh, ask for his appearances on. 
Um, but you could get all of that and this show, Paul and All, early and uninterrupted over at Content Club. That is our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash clockshelves. Once again, that's C-L-O-C-K-S-H-E-L-V-E-S. Um, I think that is everything that I have to like shill and all of that during the end of this. Ellsworth, I once again want to thank you. I feel like I kind of have to stop now. I think my throat's about to give out. So um, thank you so much for being on here. Um, next time, uh, I have some ideas for future episodes of Paul and All with you and I. Um, and of course, like I said, Marvel coming up soon. So everybody stay tuned to all of that. Go follow him. Go follow me. Go follow Clock Shelves. And for now, he is Ellsworth. I am Paul. And that is all.